last time in Philippians 3, we asked the question about this word confidence here. Put no confidence in the flesh. I have reason for confidence in the flesh. And we asked confidence for what? And answered from further down, confidence that we might gain Christ. And I said, we'd be back to talk about what flesh refers to. So that's where we're going in this session. In the book of Philippians, what does flesh refer to? This is a huge issue in all of Paul's letters, and we need to get straight what flesh refers to. So, Father, as we tackle this unit and uh, the rest of the places in Philippians where Paul refers to flesh, guide our thoughts, illumine our minds, and guard us from being people who are merely of the flesh. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evil workers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision. Mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh. If if anyone thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Now, to be fair and to be careful, you need to take all of his uses into account. So let's just go back and see the other place here where Paul uses flesh in chapter 1. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Whoa, well, that's not negative. I'll have, I'll have fruitful labor on this earth if if I go on living in the flesh, yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I'm hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart, that is, die, and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary for you. So things are going to go well for you if I live in the flesh. I'm going to have fruitful labor if I live in the flesh. So clearly, flesh here means what? It means... Uh, Ordinary, bodily, physical, human, earthly life. Nothing negative about it, except that it's, it's keeping him away from heaven <laughs> where he would desire to be. Okay, so the, the, clearly Paul can use the term flesh in an ordinary way, just like we might, living in the body, living in the ordinary human, physical, earthly uh, reality. However, when you go back to chapter 3, which is the only other place where this term flesh is used in Philippians, we watch a transformation happen from mere physical to something very negative. 
and let's watch it happen. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evil workers. We've, we've worked on all those. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. Now, that would seem to simply be skin, flesh and bone, right? Mutilate the flesh. But we, we saw what he means by mutilate the flesh. It's not in general cutting oneself. It's circumcision. For we, not those who mutilate the flesh in circumcision, we are the circumcision. So mutilating the flesh is what's left of circumcision when the following qualifications don't accompany it. We are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God, who glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh, that is, in circumcision or anything else you might do of a bodily nature. So my initial test of a definition of flesh in its negative form is flesh comes to be negative when anything we do in the ordinary physical, bodily, earthly realm, anything we, we do that doesn't involve dependence on the Spirit and exaltation in, faith in, rejoicing in Jesus Christ as our supreme treasure. You take Christ out of any physical act, take the Spirit and dependence on Him out of any bodily behavior, physical human behavior, and it becomes negative. It becomes flesh in this negative way here. So let's watch Paul now unfold uh, this negative reality so that we can see what he really includes. And, and I, ho- I hope you're not um, stumbling over the fact that flesh can have a positive meaning back here in chapter 1, an ordinary innocent meaning, and can have a negative meaning here. We, we do that all the time. We say things like, I covet your prayers. Really? <laughs> The Bible says, thou shalt not covet. Or back in the 20th century, the word red came to refer to communists. Or um, we we like our iced tea cold, but we don't want a cold shoulder. (laughs) So cold and red and covet, they can all have positive and negative meanings. This is nothing unusual at all that human uh, beings use language in uh, ways like this. So what, what is it more precisely? Let's watch him unfold it. So, I put no confidence in the flesh. That is, in what I can do, like circumcision, minus dependence on the Spirit and minus Jesus. I put no confidence in what I can do. Though I myself had reason for confidence in the flesh, what's he referring to? What are these reasons that he had for confidence in human uh, action or behavior or achievement that doesn't have the Holy Spirit in Christ? If anyone thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Here they come. One, I was circumcised on the eighth day. Perfect timing. I was born into the right glorious covenant people. Three, 
I was of within that people of the tribe of Benjamin. My name is Saul. The greatest king was of the tribe of Benjamin. I am therefore a Hebrew of Hebrews. Now, all of that, those four, circumcision, uh, Israelite, Benjaminite, Hebrew of Hebrews, those are all physical, right? That simply comes from being born into a certain family. So they're all physical. That's flesh minus the Holy Spirit, minus exulting in Christ. That's mere flesh. All that pedigree counts, as far as Paul's concerned, for nothing without the Holy Spirit, without confidence in Christ. Here's three more, though, that alter things a little. As to the law, I was a Pharisee. So I was Pharisaic in that I had the highest standard possible for my life and gave my life to it, the law. Not only that, I was passionate about that standard. Not only that, I was successful, blameless, in the righteousness under the law. So he's got the the highest standard possible with a strong commitment to it. He's got a passionate, emotionally engaged zeal for it, and he is succeeding at the level of morality. Which means that confidence in the flesh is more than physical. This is zeal. That's an emotion. This is moral. That's blameless. Moral. So, how shall we sum it up? Flesh equals what? Any human achievement. Any human achievement without dependence on the Holy Spirit and without how should we use this word uh, glory right here let's just use it without glorying in Christ and that would include uh, bodily things sex Given birth to a baby born a Jew. It includes emotional things like zeal. And it includes moral things like achieving uh, a right standard of doing the right things according to the law. Any of that is flesh, even though it can look astonishingly good to the world.